0: Alright everybody, hello and welcome back to, what are we, episode 11 now? Of, I think it's uh, 11, yeah. Everybody's favorite podcast, TLGR. Cameron has informed for me. He was too lazy to kick it off, so That's, that I, was I, I am doing it this time. We'll start We'll start it off. Cameron, I'm going to do your thing. How was your week?
1: I it was pretty good. I uh, got to see my folks for the weekend, for Easter weekend, so that was kind of cool. A little bit of a surprise trip up here, but other than that, not a whole lot happened last week in my personal thing. Oh! Um, my internship for the Wisconsin Democratic Party came to the conclusion on Tuesday, um, as the general Supreme Court election for the state transpired, and uh, the progressive candidate, uh, Judge Janet Protasewicz, has won. So thank you for all who voted. Obligatory mention of that, regardless. That was pretty much it for local stuff that happened to me. Uh, Bush, how was your week?
0: Uh, it was good. As uh. Uh, I I didn't have class this week. Um, we had a, a pretty big snowstorm up here, so uh, I've had spring break round two, mm. so I, I've done a, a fat load of nothing for the last seven days, uh, and Would it's been like pretty. To... It's been pretty awesome.
1: Would you like to get upset, like to start the show? Okay. I was uh, I was I was I was in shorts weather today, shorts and a t shirt. You know
0: what? Uh, it's also been so with our we had we had a foot of snow from Wednesday into Thursday, and it was all melted by Friday. <laughs> Um, so is it like
1: what like what temperature is it like i mean right
0: now? it's ba- it's a grand forks balmy which means it's 48 feels like 40 mm, um,
1: okay.
0: but it so but what like, so i've been wearing i've been wearing shorts uh it's yeah. it's a midwest midwest spring 40 degrees feels like summer it's glorious
1: mm, yeah that's that's fair We've been going back and forth. Is it like an El Nino or El Nino year? Do you, do you know climatology wise? I have uh, no idea. I, I it's been a really it. like weird weather winter in general. Going out like spring because like all through May and I thought most of April too was going to look this way, but it was just week after week of constant snowstorms in the Midwest. Like we got we were pretty normal for Wisconsin wise most of the winter up until March, and all of a sudden one random day we woke up to twelve inches on the ground. After that, it didn't snow again, but that was, like, the only snow we got all in one day. It's really weird.
0: I mean, maybe. It could just be that, you know, we live in the Midwest and the weather just does whatever the fuck it wants to do up here. I mean, I That's remember, true. I think last year, up here, it was, like, 45 degrees. Like, I we had, a like, a stat memory of mm. us, like, having a darty uh, yeah. this, like, yesterday, last year, when it was, like, 55 degrees. But I also remember us getting 18 inches at, like, in April last year, so...
1: It tends to happen, it tends to happen for sure. Um, yeah, so I guess we can stop talking about the weather now and actually get to what this is usually about. I know as much as we like to act like we're a news show, we don't have to act like a news show, so a little fun deviation for you there, a little climatology to start your, start episode 11. don't really have a title in my mind yet, but we'll see how this goes, but um, we'll start with the news, as we usually do. Um, again, I'm, we are coming to you with sad tidings from Kentucky this morning, and um, it's a very uh, new, very developing story, so the information is still sparse. but um, we can confirm, uh, it has been confirmed that five on the scene are dead, including the shooter, and six have been sent to the hospital, including one responding officer. This adds our total 2023 mass shootings in the United States up to 144. Uh, this is eight more in the last seven days, so we are back to a more than one-a-day rate. Uh, so much fun to live in this country every day in and day out, uh, clearly. Um, as per usual, hearts, uh, thoughts, prayers, hearts, and fi- feelings will go towards Kentucky and no legislation will come out of it after the fact, because it was probably, as we will see, it happens every time they were on a watch list, they knew what they were going, to, like everyone knew what was going to happen, but no one stopped them from getting a gun. So we will wait for that to develop more before even more speculation comes, but that's just my over, uh, my past experience predicting my future which some might be called crazy but some might actually be called intuition who knows
0: so i, I like that you brought up legislation because this reminded me of something that um we discussed uh, i believe earlier this week but i don't think i don't believe we've discussed on the pod and uh tennessee and the tennessee legislature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um if you guys do not somehow have not heard about what's going on i mean um it's, it's honestly crazy. i've seen i've seen almost zero uh, mainstream media coverage of it so i would not uh, fault you too much for not seeing it. A lot of the news I've seen, I at least heard about it the first time uh, over TikTok, and then you know other uh, outlets that I, you know, left wing outlets that I frequent um, have covered it. But essentially, what's happened in the Tennessee state legislature is ten thousand students uh, organized and participated in a walkout and uh, a protest at the Tennessee state capital, uh, asking for safer schools. They're they're sick. Like I think all of us of dying in school, of children dying in school. Uh, and so 10,000 of them marched the state Capitol peacefully, uh, entered the gantry and began to chant and peacefully protest, uh, the gun laws asking for gun reform. And three, uh, in case you don't know the Tennessee legislature is unsurprisingly a Republican supermajority. You don't uh, say, I don't know what the exact number is, but it's big. <laughs> uh, three democratic, uh, members of the Tennessee house, uh, Got up and stood and chanted with these kids in solidarity, um, voicing their support for them and vowing their you know pledging to support these children. Um,
1: very mildly too, I, I saw. Very mildly, bit. yeah.
0: It's it's incredibly mild. They like basically clap and they stand like they stand up, they clap, they chant a little bit with these kids. Uh, the session set adjourned, set to recess. Um, immediately, within a day, these three members were set up to be uh, expelled. From the Tennessee State Legislature kicked out because they supported this children's protest. Um, the vote has since happened. Two of the three members were expelled. I believe the two of the the, the makeup of the two of the three, coincidentally, the two black ones got expelled, the one white one did not. I wonder if there's any coincidence there. Probably not.
1: Absolutely not racially motivated in the slightest. It's just Tennessee, Bush. What do you say?
0: But um, I I cannot remember the um representative's name. I'll do a research one, but one of them had a, a very beautiful speech. Uh, that um, I'll, I'll look it up here when I make camera talk for a little bit to find me I, some time. I, th- to...
1: I think that was the older woman. I I, I know what you're re- referring. There was to a, there was were... a young
0: man who a young African American man who made a, a beautiful speech. Uh, like to, I I'm not one to get like copped up on politicians making speeches and whatnot, but almost gave me goosebumps. It was a beautiful speech.
1: That um, kind of harkens back to that. Um, well, not harken back to it. Most so harkens to because obviously still in service the uh, North Carolina representative who is mostly preaching fairly progressive ideas, including massive gun reform, but he's mostly focused on, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know a little bit more than I do, but he's more prog- uh, pushing for like uh, Congress people not having stakes in like publicly traded companies. Is that, is that yeah. right? Like, yeah. yeah that and he's
0: done money. a lot of work for that. And he, uh, Dean Jackson, I believe North Carolina 14 um, has pushed, he's co-sponsoring a bill. To ban uh, elected officials from p- trading like public stocks, uh, he himself sold all of his stakes uh, before entering the Congress. I mean, I think he still has his; he's not adhorrently wealthy, so I think he still has like his Roth IRA, but shit, he can't touch, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, that's fair. I will, I will say, I fully support that initiative, and especially if, as what I've seen, he's also pushing towards similar gun reforms. And I definitely support both of those initiatives. It, it, um, similar <coughs> to sorry. my personal my, uh, I'd say one of my favorite, probably not my favorite, but my one of my favorite current senators in the uh, in just the United States Senate, uh, out of Georgia, John Ossoff, um, he is also pushing towards, like one of his big legislative pushes is to be out of the public trading sphere if you are in public service, because it's just insider trading. That's all it is. Yep. And I know that that's a very noble effort. Will it ever happen? No, because the people that make the laws are the ones that have the money, and the ones that have the money don't want to give up that money. So it's pretty simple there and that is also in tune with the events that we are seeing we have seen 144 times i think it's something like 87 of which were uh, shootings were in schools so far this year um so we, we are seeing this the same way the nra and other large uh gun manufacturers and other firearms industry like bullet manufacturers and stuff like that will continually lobby and control the government as they have the last i don't know Ninety, hundred, maybe even the entirety of its existence years, um, and we will see no actual passable legislation come out of this. But I know that was that enough time for you to actually look up the representative? Oh, name you know what, react? Cameron? I've
0: just been enjoying your beautiful voice, and not. Yeah. Uh,
1: I, I appreciate that, but we have a, we have a strict schedule to follow here, Bush, and now you're putting us behind, and now yep, it's going to be um, incredibly frustrating. As we hear the aggressive. I just discussion.
0: wanted to uh, <laughs> jump back to. Um, Uh, the Tennessee bill, real quick, is after they uh they um expelled these members, they almost immediately uh, banned drag shows. So uh, that's fun. I believe it was Representative Justin. They're both named Justin. How
1: are they both named Justin? Like what? Yes, it was
0: Representative Justin Jones, uh, from Tennessee fifty second district. Uh, He made a beautiful speech. Uh, I would recommend all of you go look it up and listen to it. It was a very, very good speech. I'll
1: probably listen to it. Um, But yeah, pretty much immediately after these members
0: were kicked out of the legislature, they decided that um, the guns are cool, but drag shows are killing children. Uh, So we better just ban – not just like showing them to kids. They banned drag shows in all public spaces. Um, It's illegal to be gay. Uh, Tennessee followed suit with their beautiful fascism by – Now, they are the first state to institute a law that if you travel from Wyoming to another state to get an abortion, you You can be prosecuted for five years in prison.
1: But, yes, that is – That's fine. uh, Cameron, I I don't know if you're speaking.
0: I cannot hear you.
1: Oh, give me one one sec. Can you hear me? I don't know why this is um, – I'll I'll switch over. I, I don't know if my voice is even being recorded, but I will switch over to my hotspot. Give me one sec.
0: Oh, you know what? That's my bad. I believe I accidentally muted my uh, headset. Try talking Cameron. So, that's fun. Wyoming uh, doing the most to be fascist. Cameron, that was yeah. my bad. I, I made a mistake.
1: It's all good. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't on me. For once, I'm, I'm glad to know. Um, But yeah, uh, you, you said kind of C at the beginning of that story, but that, that was uh, Wyoming, and I... Yeah. Uh, I was going to bring that up too. That is just absolutely abhorrent, and like, the the party of personal freedom, as they make aggressively clear during all of their campaigning and all of any speech they have ever made, they're the, uh, they're the party of God and freedom. Well, they take away they take away the one when any when anyone decides, you know what? I don't actually want to have a child for a child with me, or I don't have the the infrastructure to like actually support one. Or I just don't. I don't want one, regardless. And we're going to track you down. And it's a federal fine, or it's a state uh, felony for five years in prison. That's actually insane to be like. That's like dystopian levels which, of like terrifying.
0: I think we'll get struck down very quickly in the courts because I mean, you can make the argument very, very easily make the argument that this uh, counts as interstate commerce, which state governments cannot touch. That's strictly regulated by the federal government. So. Um, I think very quickly a federal judge will strike that down if I I had it, my guess.
1: See, I I would probably tend to agree with you, but we saw what happened this summer, long-standing precedence getting to the Supreme Court, especially in terms of abortion and abortion access. That uh, 50 years of precedence or so didn't mean shit, and they still tore that down. So I'd probably disagree with you on that to an extent. I'd like to say you're right, but I probably don't see that actually being turned away on a judicial level
0: we can uh we can only dream of our country doing the right thing
1: yeah yeah that's the when when the actual optimism view is just the common sense view you know something is really wrong like that's not great
0: speaking um, of which in wyoming the uh the party that loves to protect children um casually allowing child marriage to uh continue
1: there's so the next time quite a few it, states that are trying to push for yeah. child marriage laws and they're and all
0: ones that want to ban abortion so uh, it's funny how that works. It's it's okay. We only want to protect the kid until it's born, and then it can fucking die
1: mm-hmm. or get yeah, raped
0: as as or molested.
1: I'll push back on you again with that too. I would say that they only they will only wish that fate onto you unless the child is born white and rich. Then mm-hmm. th- then it's okay.
0: And Christian, come on,
1: Angry. sorry, and straight. Sorry, my bad.
0: Yeah, seriously.
1: <laughs> um, in other and cisgender. Names, world, worldwide, <laughs> worldwide, and cisgender. Um, We have seen some major news in Europe, in the European stage of the Russian-Ukraine war, with um, some information being leaked from uh, U.S. governmental uh, officials. Me and Griffin have not done the most research into this, but we have read enough, or I I read at least a couple summaries on what the documents have been saying so far. Um, Basically, it's that the U.S. is actually involved in this war, and they're basically propping up the Ukrainian side, and they're very happy with the successes that have been happening. They want to send more um, in terms of aid, but the only thing, the only rule that Biden has basically put forward, and the uh, at the time of war, obviously Democratic uh, House and Senate, when they first declared some of these uh, aid rules, they are only allow- They are not allowed to shoot at a Russian civil or at a Russian citizen, and they cannot send uh, uh, weapons or troops into enemy territory. Only Ukraine. So based off anything besides those two rules, it's considered aid. And these documents are showing that, you know what? It's uh, it's actually us. We're actually doing this. So shocker that the U.S. shocking is setting, is setting up a proxy war that we have nothing to do with. But you know what? We shocking. Are. <laughs> it's, it's becoming clearer and clearer to me that this, like I said that from the beginning, we'll see in 20 to 30 years that the CIA was involved with starting this war because someone fired the first shot and no one knew who it was. That would be us. It's always us. It's becoming clearer and clearer that I was right because I just have paid attention to history before. What a shock. Mm -hmm. And it's it's, it's also – it's a showing example too uh, as a nice little segue too of like this growing um, need in the Eastern world to basically go against the West and especially that of the United States uh, economically and just worldwide policy-wise. I know examples such as India, Russia, China – uh, I, and I, like I said to you before we started recording, I think it's Iraq or Iran. I could be wrong. I can look it up regardless. this They're growing this coalition to um, go against the U.S. dollar as, in terms of like economic worldwide trade. So it's becoming this like growing movement to be like, all right, we're sick of you guys having this bully mentality to the rest of the world and holding the magnifying glass up to us. Like You need to rule everything, and we have no say in it. So we're going to start making our own kind of trades and – Ideally, kind of weave you out of being all the middleman of every affair in the entire world.
0: Yeah, it's and to Americans, or at least the American government, this is the end of the world because it's something that threatens our hegemonic power. Uh, in all reality, I mean, I at the end of the day, it's it's all, it's it's gonna uh, tank the economy artificially because you know that like it doesn't need to, but our capitalist organization dictates that. Uh, you know, American companies run rampant, and the way that they do, they're they're not going to take profit losses. So that any like increase, any profit, what would be profit loss to that to like the the loss of the U.S. dollar being the main, you know, trading factor, it's going to become the is it the yen, the yuan, which one is it?
1: The yen is China, uh, I and mean, then just uh, there's not exactly a centralized currency that's been decided amongst this coalition yet. It's mostly just we're not going to use the U.S. dollar for international trade. Yeah, it's essentially own, like, home currency as.
0: India and China are growing into economic superpowers to the level of the United States, if not exceeding the level of the United States, uh, you know, we're like it's, it's only going to affect us. The businesses that are going to be fine because they're just going to raise prices on us and we're going to get beyond fucked into oblivion. Because if you think that the American government will engage in protectionism to keep prices low for its citizens, you're fucking wrong. <laughs> um, I don't know what to tell you. You're delusional.
1: And, Bush, do you want to define protectionism for all the people, including me, that don't know what that
0: means? Uh, Essentially, protectionism, in the broadest fifth grade way I could describe it, um, it would be government policy, regulations, uh, tariffs, etc. That would, like, uh, say... uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Fuck. You put me on the spot, Cam.
1: It protects our own interests. Yeah, it protects... It, from what I know.
0: It, yeah, it protects our own... So instead of... It's basically regulation. Mm. Um. So instead of just, you know, the boom and bust cycle of letting the... well Yeah, boom and bust is a good way to look at it. So the boom and bust well, that's cycle... That's
1: capitalism is. It's just yeah,
0: is capitalism is boom and bust. So what happens is we let these... We open up the market. These companies run rampant in a completely unsustainable way. And they're going to make a fuck ton of money for 20 years and then shit's gonna crash because they did it in the most unsustainable way possible, and so then what we see is an increase in regulation, government bailouts, etc., which would is what we would call protectionism. So they're protecting American interests, they're protecting American trade through government social spending. But the problem is instead of keeping those regulations in place, so that you know forcing these businesses to engage in more sustainable practices after they've been built back that way. They're like, okay, we're back. Fuck off the regulations. We boom, we bust. Because the boom comes from the re- the inclusion regulation allowing these businesses to be built back mm-hmm. sustainably. And through government, like, you know, there's no, not a problem with, you know, government subsidization into industry if it's in a way that's going to benefit all of America, not just the owner of that company.
1: Or Raytheon.
0: Yeah, Raytheon. Or fuck Raytheon.
1: <laughs> they need a lot of subsidies, Bush. They're barely yeah. making ends meet. I, I don't know why this made me think of it, just mostly, I guess, war proxy stuff like that. Um, uh, there, our last uh, big news story, at least that I have this week, is that Finland became the 31st member of NATO this last week. And it's becoming like this more and more aggressive tactic that I'm sure the U.S. is centralized in because we control NATO and the U.N. because that's just the, the attitude that we need to have or we feel unsustainable. is like that we're basically just another another bully attitude of, listen, you join our side... You're either with us or you're against us, and we're literally doing that on the international tr- on the international stage. And so, therefore, other, these uh, Nordic countries, such as Finland, are, are trying to join NATO in terms of like protection against Russia, Russian aggression. Um, but all it is is just building this like more dangerous alliance against Russia, which is right there. Because if they cross into that, it's just it's World War Three. Well, so,
0: you know, we like to talk about um, history repeating itself. You know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, we talk about like a big reason that uh world war one especially uh spirals to the heights it was this world war is i mean these national coalitions these alliances you know it's serbia and fucking bosnia two little shitters who don't really mean anything get pissed at each in the grand scheme of like you know the world hegemonic power mean nothing Mm -hmm. but they get pissed well they have some big each have big powerful friends who they're entering into agreements who have to back them up and this spirals. so germany who is in no way like Germany's you know, Germany's not an innocent in World War One. Don't get me wrong; they committed countless atrocities and war crimes. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: but they're not the they're not the aggressor. They're simply mm-hmm. honoring their alliance.
1: Right. Um,
0: Unlike World War Two. Oh uh, sure. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> World War Two, is a, a different story. But like even though, like World War Two, we see um, you know the fascist coalitions between you know Japan, but more so Italy, and Germany,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know in Austria Hungary, you know those kind of these far right governments. And then, Wait, like, then weren't
1: they the national socialist party yeah
0: alleged alleged <laughs> socialism um but like you see you know we see then these countries getting dragged into the conflict you know voluntarily or not but then you know France getting invaded and Britain getting invaded out of self defense but America almost you know obviously we were supplying Britain and France that entire time mm-hmm. uh getting dragged into the war as through that alliance you know it's just it all break, you know it's like the alliances of this na- like scale military alliances of this scale always breed like you know okay the other side was east versus west the west is building this huge military alliance feels threatens they need to build their military alliance tensions continue to grow and then is the second fucking latvia who's backed by russia takes a step into fucking sweden and now the world's gonna burn with
1: nuclear bombs because thank yep. you nato fuck yeah. <laughs> God, my ear just blew out. thank you so much bush <laughs> you're welcome. My, um just about to say it's, it's it's seen very like um like historically like if you look at like cold war era too like we clearly had established the U- or like the beginnings of the u.n post-world war ii with like the alta conference talking about like all right what's going to be this new world order and we were able to have our western alliance between us britain france and these other western uh, powers but as soon as the soviet union at the time uh russia now Started making like this, like Warsaw Pact, which is basically the exact same thing as NATO. It's just on the eastern half of Europe. As soon as that is, that's looked as entirely aggressive, entirely militaristic. But when we do it, it's for peace. Yeah, even now, we exactly they want to they want to make an alliance with China or or India because they've been talks with both. That's seen as pushing the world toward closer to war. But Finland joining NATO is the exact opposite. Oh, we're trying to prevent war. Well, it's the same thing. You can't have both of those sides of the argument. We are either the aggressors or we're not. It's not a 2 sides argument.
0: We even see this with, like... Yeah, well, it's the same thing now. It's like, like, NATO in America is exceedingly popular.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, Americans fucking love NATO because Americans fucking love the United States military. I mean, we're yeah. fucking Sims for it, let's be real.
1: We're, we're talking A, tr- a trillion aims. dollars. Yeah.
0: Exactly. American and, military and is the reason... Good. Yeah, American America is the best because our military is the best is honestly the American like schooling way of teaching it. Yeah, We are we are good because we won wars. Yep.
1: Um that, that, that's what I always, that's what I always tell my roommates from India too. They're always like, Well why do why do the US have such an like why do most people from the US like have this such of like uh, American exceptionalism or entitlement? I'm like, well that's because for the last seventy years there's been we've used our aggressive military expansion to suppress any other form of like global like world leaders like anything that we don't immediately control or have a decent chance of controlling it just doesn't exist because we make sure that we sanction them or send in troops or send in the cia to do coups no matter what our military will always be like well until we're not number one with that we're going to be number one in the worldwide is what most people in america i believe think worldwide at least
0: yeah and it's so, like going back like we see the like you know nato being exceedingly popular but this whole i mean democrats or republicans both i mean it's there isn't really a dissenting opinion on the fact that China and Russia and India forming this coalition with, you know, whoever else in the East is a bad thing and threatening to national security. And I mean, in my opinion, it is a bad thing. I don't like NATO. I'm not a big, I'm not a big NATO guy. I'm not a big UN, especially in the military. You know, I'm fine with it as like a free trade agreement. Mm. I think it's fine. Uh, and like a loose alliance in that way. But like the, the military capacity of NATO and like the UN, I think is frankly, I don't, I'm not a fan of military alliances and that's regardless fair. if that's NATO, regardless if that's in the East, you know, I'm not going to be not a fan of it just because it's the East doing, but that's what a lot of Americans are. Americans think the idea of fucking NATO and the UN security council is awesome because America's the, the big hoss and like, we're chimping it out. But the second mm-hmm. Russia or China wants to do the same thing, they're like, "No, that's the no, worst. Why? Why China would they do this?" Evil.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: it's it's fucking. I, don't
1: know. I think I think that will always be our biggest disagreement between us. I mean, we agree on a lot of things. Has been pointed out by a couple of people this week to me personally, but I will say I think our biggest argument is probably like the disagreement between the two of us is globalism versus nat is uh, versus isolationism. I see the the positives of a NATO force, or I see more the positives of the UN rather than nato but because I, I i like to think that you know like deep down below the skin we're all the same hippy dippy kind of vibes you're a lot more uh, humanistic in that approach like listen man humans kind of suck i like to think that we don't sometimes but regardless we're allowed to disagree with that and i will I, I did an interview for another reason too uh, this is breaking as of the last few minutes um there's got a notification on my watch actually the nashville law uh, nashville lawmakers voted to send justin jones um back to the state legislature in tennessee Let's so, go. they're back in there. At least the one is back in there
0: so far. That So, Justin Jones... Okay. There's two. Um, was he, that, was I mean, he the one? He, he was the one who made the speech, I believe. Okay. Yes. There was Justin Harrison. Jones and Justin Pearson were the two that were expelled. Which, mm. that is... You know That's a regular dub. Del- yeah. 100%.
1: That's the perks of democracy right
0: there. Um, we love to see it. That makes me and, happy. That made my day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know... I mean, this is a bad, not a great transition, but, you know, it's, it's a transition. Speaking of days, because you mentioned that you only watched it today. As we discussed a couple weeks ago, we have been watching a docu-series on Netflix called 9-11, The Turning Point, and The War on Terrorism. Um, we have been watching—there are five episodes in the series. And we watched episode one for last week, and we watched episode two. We were supposed to watch it as homework for this week, but Bush pushed, Bush pushed off his homework until about an hour before we started this. So we will talk. We, start, we will be talking about episode two of this documentary titled "A Place of Danger." Bush. I know I talked about it a lot last week. So why don't you start us off with your thoughts on episode two?
0: Um. Yeah, I was. This was. I mean, it was a good episode. I've actually really enjoyed this series so far. I've I found too. it. It's definitely from a very American uh, perspective, mm-hmm. uh, which is to be expected. Um, but I don't, I don't think they've got – they haven't – and they've done uh, – this episode I liked especially. They didn't go hog wild on the military propaganda. They actually focused a lot around um, – I'm blanking on her name, uh, oh, the, oh, the representative. Uh, Barbara Lee. Yeah, Barbara Lee, who was the only elected United States lawmaker between the entire House of Representatives and the Senate who voted against giving the president you know, this insane military power, this basically endless military power.
1: Yep, in the and a- a- at least F- to fight terrorization, use of military force. That yeah, oh, that yeah. allowed
0: him to basically do whatever the fuck he wanted, and mm-hmm. by him I mean Dick Cheney, of course.
1: Yes, of course, not Bush. Um,
0: and she was the only dissenter, and I, I actually really, really liked the way that they focused around her, and just, yeah. like, a lot of like her thought and her idea. Like they didn't go hog wild on the hell yeah, brother, let's fuck them up. They, they bombed us like. Yeah.
1: That is undoubtedly coming next episode, I'm sure. Oh, guaranteed. As soon as we, as soon as we actually join the war on terror and, like, coalition-wise. We're still, technically, we're still in the in the uh, the period of, like, being hit because it shows, like, the actual legislative view. The collapse. View. Yeah. It shows the collapse of the towers and it shows the Pentagon being struck as well as Flight 93 in Pennsylvania. Um, it shows all of those uh, for, more, for a more, like, grounded level and, like, talks about, like, the tragedy of those events. But then it shifts to more of the legislative side, both like presidential-wise, where was Bush during this? Like obviously he was reading to those kids um in elementary school. Conveniently enough doesn't show where Dick Cheney was. Weird, apparently.
0: Yeah, I mean, they did give a little bit about, you know, Dick Cheney being like, hey, I'm gonna shoot down the
1: planes. Yeah, yeah. I wrote that down. Is that cool know.
0: is that cool? And George yeah. is like, What? And he's like, All right, yeah, that's cool. All right, sweet. <laughs>
1: they, they talk about that advice. I know we watched it together over yeah. the break. They talk about it's like Oh, do a presidential authority do this? Well, I mean, Dick Cheney said it's okay, so therefore it's probably okay. Yeah, should... they
0: ask Dick Cheney he's like, like Dick Cheney's like scramble, scramble fighter jets. I want them in the air, shoot down anything that's coming towards the White House or the Capitol. Like that
1: isn't responding. And they're like,
0: presidential authority he goes, yeah, presidential authority's like, did you ask? He goes, yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: just staring at
1: him. Yep. No, no one says no to that, man. Um, I think it. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this episode was probably the context for. Obviously, there's like the meme of like Bush being told the second plane is hit, in yeah. front of all of those kids, and like his face afterward is very, is very uh, interesting. I think that part is really interesting to me because it shows the pro the promise of him as a leader. For, despite whatever conspiracy theory one chooses to believe about that day, he still was able to keep a level resolve in front of all of these kids. And still be able to like continue on because obviously you can't incite in a panic like that. But I yeah. think it'd be really hard for I'd say probably nine out of ten people to do that. And I will give uh, George Bush the, the one one and only title I'll give him credit is <laughs> him being able to remain like under like very calm under pressure in that sense and being able to continue on because you have to have a very emotionally mature level. But I take that back. As soon as he got back onto Air Force One, he wanted to start shooting people right away. Yeah, it it I, talks about, like, he was, like, yeah. really aggressive and he was really wanting yeah, he, to do
0: all of he this. He decided in that moment, I'm going to blow up <laughs> Afghanistan.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah,
0: I know, that I know whole, um,
1: go, I, there's go going
0: back to that scene, is you know, there's you know, the you know, whole conspiracy. You know, those of you who don't, my last name is Bush. Um, the amount of times in my life that I've heard Bush did 9-11 just unprompted is insane it's probably it's one of the if not the most like prevalent conspiracy theory Mm. Uh, i that video i think is like a huge testament to him not knowing i mean you could see in his face like the cogs are turning like that's not the face of a man who knew that was going to happen so and i don't give george bush credit to being that good of an actor i also don't think he was smart enough to orchestrate it
1: that's very fair. That's very fair. I was actually going to break up conspiracy theories right as you said that, so it's, it's a good way to talk about this. Obviously, the tower is collapsing an hour and a half to two hours later is a big subject of conspiracy theories, because, like, why didn't they collapse right away, or why was tower—I think it's, like, Tower 11 or something like that, that was never touched but still collapsed. Yeah, people, like, point to these, or, like, the devil face in the smoke kind of level of, like, just these other—like, most of the time, very unhinged conspiracy theories— I lie somewhere in the middle. I, I don't think Bush was responsible in regardless. I, I I agree with I agree with Griffin Bush in this in this case. I agree with that. I don't think he was emotionally mature enough to orchestrate that or smart enough to be able to get away with that kind of stuff. Now his running mate on the other hand and the other seats of power between the CIA, Department of Defense, um, Rumsfeld and the Pentagon, um, other long-standing Washington uh, Washington bystanders. After this like decade long period of malaise, all right, we need something to really get these coffers started and get some money going with these uh, with the military industrial complex. Conveniently enough, who one of the CEOs of Halliburton just happened to be Dick Cheney, coincidence. So out of and then after all of this, like if something was to happen, like there was this there's this powerful scene in Vice where it's like none of the details before nine eleven because obviously the Bush Cheney White House had been serving for like six months. Or eight months, rather, because January to August, in those eight months, uh, Cheney had done a lot of meetings with energy executives, oil producers, and such like that, uh, domestic wise, and none of the details were ever disclosed to the public except for one Freedom of Information request, and that was a map of all of the Iraqi oil fields and what company, like U.S. company, like stood to gain if those if those current owners were to somehow become unavailable. Well, as soon as that, like a few weeks after this, like meeting with that document something happens or a few months later something happens like that i tend to think that my eyebrow shoots up a little bit but that might just be my brain fried from conspiracy theories in general so
0: my my theory is that america definitely was looking for a reason to get there mm, yep. you know between like the gulf war and whatnot like even like before like in the 90s you know with mm, the invasion yeah, of kuwait whatever um I, I think america was looking for a good reason to get in there. I don't think they would have taken the as extreme of a measure to, as 9-11 because i don't think they would have had to i think they could have found another way to do it mm. um but i do think they knew about 9-11 i mean there's a lot of evidence saying that they knew something was coming mm-hmm. i yeah. i think yeah. they knew more even than they've like revealed that they knew and they just let it happen saying oh they're gonna do the work for us we yes. don't have to. We don't have to do a false flag anymore. They're going to do it for us.
1: And that's what I kind of believe too. It's not so much that we were the ones that like, oh, we hired these guys to fly those planes. It was more so the fact that we kind of gave them like a free pass where normally we th- would have shut that down.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I think we were looking for a reason to get there, and the opportunity fell into our lap. We knew about it and we let it happen.
1: Mm, I agree. Um, it says it's, it says a lot too. We're, we're talking about that moment after Bush got on Air Force One um, and talked was like was just real was getting very aggressive. I, I, I quoted this moment. He said, "This is the face of war in the 21st century," and that just really stick stuck with me to the fact that like he already knew this was going to be a war regardless of like what happened. It could have been domestic thing or whatever. This was going to be justification for something else brewing because it was argued that during his campaign, uh, George uh, George W. Bush. Uh, his rhetoric was very much so war hawk, like, we will be doing something in the next few years to get out of this malaise. Um, and I just, I think that was very interesting, the face of war in the 21st century. There was also a big segment called, uh, about uh, George Tenet, the, uh, act, the director of the CIA at the time. And as soon as they cut to it, I'm like, okay, so you can't have this document without talking about what the CIA did after the fact. So hopefully it actually goes back to talking about more about the torture stuff uh, in future episodes. So I'm interested to see what happens with that.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a little bit about it. Mm.
1: And uh, there was a lot of talk about uh, W coming back and forth to the Department of Justice, like saying, is this something I could do like yeah. legally? And it's just like. Dude, all those questions are being streamlined straight to Dick Cheney, and he's already doing them. Yeah. <laughs> Anything you think you can do, he's already doing them. Oh. Uh, another, uh, I will say this, like kind of to wrap uh, talking about this episode up, for at least from my end. I, I uh, towards the end they talked about like after the uh, Barbara uh, Barbara Lee stuff, they talked about like how on the steps of Congress that day, or a few days later, there was this unifying moment of all the congressional people singing "God Bless America." And I, I thought to myself, would that ever happen today? Is do you, Bush? Do you think there's any event that could happen today where Matt Gates and AOC were singing "God Bless America" oh, on, on the same steps?
0: God, um, I want to, for my own mental health, say yes, but I don't <laughs> think so. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't, because I, I see. Like, here's my thought: If nine eleven happens tomorrow, nine eleven round two, electric Hulu, mm-hmm. um happens tomorrow. Uh, I think the aftermath isn't the solidarity that we would all hope to see or that we saw before. I think it's immediate blaming each other. Like, say, yeah, say- yeah like uh, not even a terrorist attack, but well, uh, I because I don't see a terrorist attack of that magnitude ever happening again on American
1: soil. You hope um, not, for sure, for the people. But
0: I, 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 there's too much surveillance. I, I just don't see it happening. They don't I don't think they have a reason to. We've already got an end all be all to get it wherever the fuck we want to get. Like we don't need that. Uh yeah, they don't need that. True. Like they've already got all the surveillance on us they need. Um <laughs> that's fair. but so, a foreign adversary fucking bombs the shit out of a city. Like something a devastating disaster of that degree happens. And I think the immediate aftermath is the two parties blaming each other for it.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that true because What's is what's gonna happen? Like as you said, if four eleven happens tomorrow, and some random, uh, let's say, jihadist group, just like just like what happened twenty years ago, exactly what happens again, different buildings, whatever it happens, the first thing that people, especially in the far right uh, caucus of the Republican Party, is now becoming like mainstream wise, they're gonna start blaming more and more brown people, and guess who that is? That's Ilhan Omar and AOC. They're it's gonna like, be the immigration they,
0: policy. They, it's gonna get attacked. You left our borders open.
1: <laughs> exactly you. You allowed this to happen because, you know, drag queens weren't killed fast enough kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I do tend to agree. I don't think there is an event anymore that would spark such uh, national unity like that. There would no, always be I,
0: blame. I think there will always be the I would I would think it would spark some. I think, you know, the more like with the, the more centrist, you know, the center left and the center right, if you want to call it center left, um, or center yeah. right. The not so far right and the center right. Um I, I think there would be some unity into the more moderate members of each party would come together a little bit more, and I definitely think there would be bipartisan work, but it wouldn't be the bipartisan work we wanted to see. It would be, again, the bipartisan work of, all right, let's go fuck up some brown people. Like,
1: Would, would there also... It's, just, a it's all these kind of things too. that
0: will just push us further to the right, the way that 9-11 mm-hmm. did.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, uh, uh, taking that uh, thought question a step further, too, do you, is it, do you also have the same opinion of, like, do you think that even, like, if something so nationally terrible that was uh, an attack on the nation itself rather than a specific party or a specific person, do you think that could ever be, like, a Biden and Trump both say the same kind of thing? Like, this is what we have to do going forward?
0: Um, I, I definitely think there is a – they will I, – I think from a Biden-Trump perspective, it's much more likely to see that kind of solidarity – I think even in the Senate, I think we'd see the solidarity. It's the House, you know, the, the problem is right, I'm yes. just I'm just referring to the psychopaths that are, you know, the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I could see China bombing or China or Russia attacking, you know, something of that degree, you know, nationally devastating, like we're going to war, serious war. And Marjorie Taylor Greene's going to be on her desk screaming at Ilhan Omar saying, that, You fucking love China.
1: <laughs> you You're on the, the China
0: West. side. Like, yeah. yeah Joe is. Biden is China.
1: <laughs> Communist Brandon is going to do this to us.
0: So, I mean, and I think the rest of them, I mean, I think obviously there's going to be dissenters. I, because be the, the more progressives on the left who will be anti war, and they'll probably get censured for it. Um,. And then there will be the the whack jobs on the right who want to immediately nuke Moscow. But I would like to think that, you know, a fat majority of the representatives and almost all, if not the entire Senate, I think would be able to work together in a Mm -hmm. comprehensive manner.
1: That's fair. Uh, And for real, the last point, too, I wanted to point this out even for like a half second, whatever it is. Did you catch when they were talking about the opium production in yeah. uh, in Afghanistan? <laughs> yeah, how they how the CIA like pr- tripled the production of heroin in just a matter of a few years because well, realized, how else are they going to fund money. the rebel groups? <laughs> that's that's true. Get <laughs> we are the good guys every time.
0: No, we're talking a little bit about far right. We gotta. I feel like we gotta mention our boy, everybody's favorite former president, Big Don, mm. got arrested.
1: Yes, yes, he did. I know we, we talked about it a little bit last week, but obviously there's been more uh, more uh, speculation, stuff like that. Uh, more just time for the stories to develop. Yes, uh, Trump was arraigned last Tuesday. Was it? It was Tuesday, right? It was Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So he was he was arraigned. Uh, he was arraigned last Tuesday. Was officially the first president to be charged criminally um, post or prior service, uh, except for uh, U.S. Ulysses uh, S. Grant. He got a lot of speeding tickets because he yeah. was riding a horse too fast. But that was pretty much it for that. Um, yeah, Trump was uh, brought to New York under District Attorney Alvin Bragg's orders and was read his uh, charges, which amounted to 38, I believe, 38 34. felony counts, 34 counts, uh, felony counts of business fraud and other tax-related fraud and stuff like that. Will this result in anything? I think we can say it together, Bush, on the count of three, one, two, three. No, absolutely, absolutely not. not. There, there we go. And, uh, yeah, it it was a lot more just, like, theater. There was a lot more um, reactionary content after the fact. Uh, Oh, this is terrible. If they can do it to him, they can do it to you. I mean, yeah. They they can do it to you.
0: That's kind (laughs) of the point.
1: (laughs) That's the whole point. You should be celebrating the fact that if you want everything to be equal under the law, that he is also equal under the law. Thank you for making uh, your own point.
0: We've harped on this quite a bit, so we we won't hang on it too long. I just want to say that the only – because we I know everybody knows that this really isn't going to affect anything. Yeah. The only good thing that could have ever come out of this was a mugshot and we didn't get it. And I will never ever forgive the New York district attorney for that. I'm so upset. <laughs> even Trump wanted his mugshot. Everybody wanted a Trump mugshot, even Trump. And I'm so mad. We didn't get one. I'm angry. I will never ever live it down.
1: You know, the, that is probably the only reason why they didn't order one is because Donald like, got ahead of it and said, I want one. If he was like, these people are going to have the mugshot of the former president. It's going to be a terrible thing. They would have done it. If he didn't want it, I think they truly would have. But knowing that he was the one going in there like, okay, let's do this shit. If you're really going to do me, let's do this shit, right? I think as soon as he recognized the fact that he wanted it, it was like, okay, we can't give him any kind of power. No, absolutely not. But he I'm still did get it. fingerprinted. He still, get, still got fingerprinted. <laughs> and
0: then he immediately came out with a, a T-shirt of a fake mugshot that had him listed as the 45th and 47th president.
1: Now, you cannot buy this T-shirt. I, I know what you're talking about. You cannot buy this T-shirt. <laughs> but if you donate $40 to Trump, you get a free T-shirt. Now, for anyone that has never bought anything before, that's the same thing. If you didn't already know that. Oh, Cameron,
0: it's a donation. So if you donate something
1: for $40 and you get a roughly $40 item in return for free, that's, that's an interesting <laughs> way to look at <laughs> any Did trip, you ever
0: yet? go to – there was a brief moment in – was it twenty. Was it 2016 or 2020 that we had the Trump store in town?
1: I think it was 20. I remember. I remember it in 20.
0: Yeah, I think. It, I think it might have been 2020. It was in like 2018, 2019. It was like the summer before COVID.
1: It was I a like, really. It was a really greasy store. I just yeah. This
0: that. tiny little greasy store in downtown Waconia was like a Trump campaign store, and that place was fucking awesome. It was just. <laughs> it was literally just like eight. Did you go in?
1: I've been in, I was in there once. I went, I was, with I went there a we couple times. Like, yeah. We went to like, just like, yeah, to kind of mess around for an hour or so. It was
0: fucking awesome. It was just <laughs> an empty room with like white folding tables with just like t-shirts on them. And it had Trump with fucking explosions on it. Don't tread on me flags. Back to blue flags. It was fucking awesome. But I don't know the, if you noticed.
1: It was the old CDP sports store, wasn't it?
0: It was. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I don't know if you noticed. But every, like, the thing, you weren't technically buying the things there. Everything there had a recommended donation on it. So, like, if you donated, if you picked up the hat, and you brought it to the counter, and you, quote, unquote, donated $12, they would let you
1: leave with the hat. That's so stupid. Oh god, I just hate politics in this country so much. It's just bribing people over and over again. It's just legal. I just hate that.
0: It's like I made my I made my only political contribution probably of my life this summer at the Carver County Fair I donated five dollars to the Democratic Party because they would let did. me have a they would let me have a free button and they had a Jewish space so just button and I needed it.
1: That's yeah, true. We walked out of there with hats and buttons. Remember, yeah, they made us
0: donate to Carver. get the button, and they had a whole bunch of hats. to go, what do I gotta donate to get one of those hats? Like, oh, you can just take them. And I was like sick. <laughs> yeah,
1: so we, I don't. I have no idea what happened to mine, but somewhere in my possession is a Carver County. Democrat I have one in my. I have one in my.
0: Uh, one hanging in my room at home, right next to my MAGA hat. Beautiful,
1: absolutely beautiful. I should bring I them for, both to school. Hang I forgot room. that I forgot that picture of me existed wearing that MAGA hat until recently when uh, a mutual friend like just sent it to us. I, I thought that, that was that really funny. yeah, that picture is pretty is pretty funny. Um, yeah, I think that in terms of like marketing in general, I think Trump uh, has done better than almost any political candidate in history as making oh, a brand for himself like the make america great again brand itself is truly unbeatable like
0: he turned I, a campaign slogan into an entire sect of politics
1: yeah literally like you're either a, you're a MAGA Republican or you're a regular Republican at this point it's nuts yeah i, I think i think pearson our, uh, our our government teacher in our senior year of high school pointed out great like everyone knows like trump's was uh, 2020 was keep america great again or whatever just make it again it doesn't really matter but he asked, like, all right, who in here can, like, so everyone said, everyone raised their hand, who can name, like, Trump's campaign slogan. He asked who can name Bidens. Not a single person in that class raised their hand because it was, like, build back better. I still be don't know Bidens. Like that. Oh, yeah, build I think back better. in 2020 better. it was build back better. But, like, that just doesn't, it's yeah. not even close to the same ring. Like, did he? did I don't, I don't remember what Clinton's
0: was. The only yeah. other one I remember was Obama's was, like, Guess We Can or something.
1: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know what Bush or Gore's was in two thousand. I don't even know what Reagan's was. Like even like these mo- notable historical figures. I think
0: just, Reagan's was also him. "Make America Great Again," wasn't it? He,
1: he did say that in a speech after he got the Republican nomination for president. He was the first person that coined that phrase, but I don't think that was his campaign slogan. And I could I could be wrong about that. I just don't know. But I do remember him talking about that. I, I I've been watching this do- this other documentary on Netflix the last couple of days. I just haven't finished it. I haven't got around to it. Um, it's called The Family. It's on Netflix. Have you seen that, Bush? I've not. Okay, well, it, it, it harkens back to Reagan and other just like it, basically, it's like this um, journalist who got like caught up with this like secretive like organization, basically a cult that has been running DC like insiders since since Eisenhower. And it's these like ultra conservative, ultra Christian like just followers that have like way too much sway over government policy. And it all started with this one guy. I'm completely blank on his name. It's a very incredible documentary. I would highly recommend it.
0: But it it's it called? The family.
1: It's called the family, okay. but it all, like one of the one of the key aspects of it too is like basically every president since Eisenhower has been a part of this movement. Like the National Prayer Breakfast is like their like annual event for fundraising and stuff. And every president since Eisenhower has done it, save for I think um, I don't think Clinton uh, Clinton was a part of it. I know that and obama went to i think two of them in his presidency but every other especially the republican presidents have been like vehement supporters i know i know carter was too uh, he's actually interviewed in the documentary and he is ancient i know how yeah, much he's old. Is still alive
0: yeah uh, not for much longer
1: but he was take, yeah he was taken off uh medical like assistance a while back i remember that but yeah, i would highly be, recommend it's down the down family on netflix 100% very good I, I saw something else come up on my feed, I thought this might be interesting too this morning. So I'm gonna give you the names of like five just politicians, I'll list them in a random order like that. And it's like it was talking about like their it was they're ranked or whatever by their approval rating. And I'm just gonna I won't give you the like the exact ranked orders, but so it was Hakeem Jeffries, Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell, uh, Kamala Harris, and McCarthy. Who do you think out of all of those people has the lowest approval rating?
0: Probably McConnell.
1: You are correct. McConnell is the lowest on that list of five. Now, I everybody hates probably, McConnell. Every, I thought at least he'd have some base of report amongst like some old white guys, but like, yeah, he only is he's he's rocking a twenty percent approval in Congress. Yeah, everybody, hates, I, I mean, he'll get
0: reelected, but everybody yeah.
1: hates McConnell. Mm-hmm. The highest out of all of these is probably pretty shocking. Is is Kamal Harris is the top of those five? Which is really? really yes, th- that's what shocked me. It's too. not Kevin. No, it's not Kevin. He's second, but he's yeah, but. So here, so here are the numbers going up. So it's McConnell at 20%, and he's the lowest out of the five. Then you go up to Chuck Schumer in the Senate, the Democratic leader in the Senate, at 27%. Then you've got, or sorry, uh, no, no, sorry. Then you've got Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader in Congress for the House of Representatives, um, and he has a 28% approval rating. McCarthy has 28 as well. They're both tied. And then Harris has a 38% approval rating. She's 10 points higher than McCarthy. That's crazy you know to me.
0: I could see Kamala having that high just because she's done nothing in the last, like, year.
1: That's true. Like, since, basically, I would say since the immigration crisis started, like, when she when she was famously said, do not come, yeah. I, I think that was basically, like, her, like, all right, I'm going to take a huge backseat, backseat pol- politically-wise. I know we talked about this last week, how she basically only mentioned, like, tie-breaking votes in the Senate, but now they're not 50-50. She just hasn't done anything. She is not the Dick Cheney of this presidency, no. as many people would like to think. I will be interested to see going. Yeah, forward.
0: everybody thought Kamala was going to be Dick Cheney.
1: Yeah. Did you see that too? Um, there's been another Democratic nomination for presidency announced this last week too. I didn't.
0: Biden, it, like, at least, alluded that he was. Biden has run.
1: still. Biden has still not declared his candidacy or intention to run for 2024. He's still just debating and like, basically fundraising on. Well, I don't know. Maybe if I get fifty-five million this time instead of whatever I'll go or whatever it is, it'll come in like I would say probably by November of this year, basically a year out. Be like, okay, let's start this thing. Let's go, Jack, for round two. And I look for him to get destroyed in twenty twenty-four, regardless of who he's up against, including Trump. I just don't if think Trump runs. If again. Trump
0: runs again, Biden will win again. If anybody else runs, they'll win.
1: I guess that's probably fair. I just. I wish that we actually had a Democratic ticket that was a left wing, which is, I know it's never going to happen, but.
0: Have you, uh, if, if that not, Marianne Carpenter, I, I think her is. name is.
1: Is she? Have an have you like looked into
0: her at all? She's the, she's the first, no, she's an author. She's the, like that woman oh, yeah, who nominated yeah. or said she was going to run a while ago. I've That's actually right, looked yeah. into her quite a bit and she's, she's almost, she's getting there. She's very vehemently pro union. Uh, I saw, uh, like a post of her, like a press conference today. Um, she's like, if, if I get elected, like day one policies I'm going to implement, I'm going to cut all federal contracts with, um, union busting organizations. Yeah. Um, I'm going to support like all like pro, like pro union things. Uh, she said she going to like, uh oh, super pro universal care. She had, uh, I see if I could find it. It was a really, really good, uh, press conference like everything she had just I mean is it all true probably not but if she holds up to what she said I it was I was impressed like she would absolutely have my vote
1: but but happily push, have my vote I'll push back on one one issue she's 72 years old
0: yeah she's they're all gonna ancient. be ancient they're all they're gonna be
1: ancient, ancient dude why can't we have a 40 year old running for president it's, anymore they're all gonna, that gonna was be old
0: rule? they're all gonna be old okay it doesn't matter no okay, one, they're all they, old, they're they, never going to... Oh, and she said she was going to cancel the Willow Project, like, day one, executive
1: Okay, one. okay, that's that's good. The, I don't know where this, this came in someone's idea, like, you only have to be 35 to run for president, and I guess it, someone told someone once upon a time during the last 20 years, you have to actually be double that, that's just the baseline, you actually have to be, like, 70 to even start campaigning. What is wrong with you? No, that's not what anyone I mean, wants.
0: But, like, if you just look the way... I mean that's not what anybody wants but our systems like set up that way and one you have to be exceedingly independently wealthy
1: yeah
0: um you also have to have be very well connected politically within your party
1: that in order to time. get
0: the which takes a lot of time like you have to have served in a government position before like Trump well Trump being yeah uh, Trump being a nod politician coming in is exceptionally rare uh, it, it's you. you usually, you have to be in the military first.
1: It used to or, be. Or used to be. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of people who are former military. A lot of people, almost everybody, was like a senator or a governor.
1: Senator is the most common, I believe. Yeah, and then governor, wise. I think. Yeah, it's. There are a few, including walls that I would see, I would like to see. I know he's not young, but at least he's like I never actually looked up how old he was going to be after his birthday last Thursday. But I'd say early early sixties at the youngest. Um, besides that, at least you have some senators like, as much as I'd love to say Johnny Boy Fetterman, I just don't think health wise he's ready to run like like for such a stressful position yet. I would love to see Assoff run. He's 36 years old, like very at the minimum. He's very, very much a very man of the people kind of guy. I wouldn't mind Mark Kelly. He's only 57 years old in Arizona. There are Tim so Walz is uh, people.
0: 59.
1: He just turned 59. Okay, he was, yeah, that's I would 100% support that. At least he won't yep. be ancient. How old was Obama when he was first elected? He was mm. late I think boy. it was it like 45, like wasn't he? It was something like that. I know he aged like the presidency really aged Obama what? like I and remember it is eight years too. Yeah, he it was eight years and it's obviously the most stressful job that anyone can really have. But like I, I remember him looking like exceedingly old after he was uh out of office. It, it's another part it's of Speaking of a, Oh yeah, well go, just, go this
0: it. is just a random like Osprey on walls. Hmm he uh continued to, you know, i i will confess i did not vote for uh walls i i did not vote for the fascist scott jensen i voted third party for the socialist lady who was running just because uh and i will admit this to myself i this was at the beginning of my left-wing turn and i was like oh i don't want to vote for a democrat and like and i definitely fell for some of the propaganda um, against walls here you know growing up in waconia and kind of being trapped in that echo chamber mm. um but upon like further research, and since I followed it, he's been in, in, increasingly based. You know, we've talked about a lot of the great things he's done. You know, from uh, transgender recognition, affirming transgender rights, affirming abortion rights, uh, providing safe haven state, safe haven state, um, uh, free free school lunches and breakfasts for all public school students. He's also recently been up at Ely and in Morehead and around, um, and he's can't, he's really pushing hard for a. A ten, I think it's a ten and a half thousand dollar a year for middle class families for like childcare support. That's awesome. Yeah, Why which is, I, which so is awesome. I, he's, he's been, he's honestly like I always saw him as like this establishment Democrat, and he very much is like a liberal. But he's yeah, but been he's, doing a, a lot of very good things. He's actually
1: uh, doing. He's actually getting shit done, which is one hundred percent.
0: And like, like, and and this is stuff that like, like, how are you going to be upset about somebody? Increasing funding for education and, like, making sure children aren't starving and, like, giving you money for childcare, Like, you can't be mad at that. The only conservative argument against people, like, like really good. Like, is everybody, like, like, you look at progressive policy. This is something I've noticed a lot. You know, just, like, they're discussing, like, because a lot of my friends are conservative and not a lot of them are politically, like, overtly politically inclined. Mm -hmm. And, like, I talk to them a lot. And, you know, like, I, you know, I, I, I tend to, I never tell people my alignment. Never tell them that I'm like a leftist coming in. I
1: yeah, just like to scary. speak,
0: yeah, because they they'll immediately shut me off. Like, oh, he's a lib, and they yeah, won't yeah. listen to me. Um, so, like, I, I like to just speak, and I find a lot of times like people genuinely agreeing with almost everything I have to say with conservatives, and the only real conservative pushback to any of like progressive policies is like, oh, but the taxes, and like, yeah, well, we'll tax the one percent, and it's the biggest thing. Is, I it's abortion is literally the end all be all for almost every conservative there are so many people i know who are otherwise very progressive or would agree with like my, my progressive policy in terms of the economy and most social issues and this idea of you know starvation and homelessness
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like that redistribution of wealth but they will vote conservative strictly on the ground of like abortion and like homosexuality
1: it's definitely yeah the, the social it's i remember, I, don't, I don't i'm not sure if marx ever officially quoted this but i know it's from like marxian literature in general it's just people like the establishment creates culture war issues especially like social issues like that to divide uh class war to stop the class warfare because truly if you were to like break it down like most people can recognize the fact that okay i'm a middle class american i'm a low class american things are not in my favor in the slightest bit like people like the system is entire like I, one of the most famous examples, like the quote that I was thinking of. the most disturbing thing in America, and I'm pretty sure America alone pretty much is, you know what's the most expensive profession? being poor. Like that's the, like being in poverty is the most expensive thing you can do, which is just crazy to me. It's so sad. But like these lower class and middle class people just like they're forced to debate over things that don't matter like like it don't matter in terms of like, oh, you're gonna make my gas stove electric. How dare you? Oh no. Uh, Bud Light is now recognizing that trans women exist. Shit like that. That's been so funny, by the (laughs) way. Really funny. (laughs) Well, yeah, we'll cover that more in depth next week or just as it develops, but culture war, things like that, are just meant to distract people from class consciousness and the recognition that the upper class will always have your interests at the the bottom of their list because theirs will always come first. And the system is literally built to protect wealth and capital. And as soon as you realize that, you have a choice of well, gay rights or no, gay people are being sent to hell. And that's very yeah. deliberate.
0: And, and that is, I mean, it is, uh, I mean, the only real argument, the, o- uh, the only argument that anybody ever against, you know, abortion and homosexual and trans rights is a religious argument. And which at the end of the day, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I vehemently disagree with it, but I can understand to an extent the worldview of you know you were raised this way this is what you believe the democratic party doesn't give a fuck about you the republican party doesn't give a fuck about you neither of them are going to do what you want but at least this one aligns with you religiously
1: mm-hmm.
0: i can understand why they vote for it but i get so frustrated in like these kind of heavy having these conversations about children starving and you know people dying because they can't afford health care and kids dying in school and these shootings and they're like yeah it's so fucked up we need to do anything and they'll agree with me on those left-wing policy And I'm like, but you, but you realize that by voting Republican, you're, like, you're supporting this. Like, you're like, yeah, what the Republican Party's doing is fucked up. I don't agree with that with 90% of what they do, but I vote for them because abortion rights. Like you realize you're voting for all of that, though. Like, you're not just voting on the one issue. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. It's like, this is what you need to, like, and this is like, like, is that so difficult to understand? Like, or is it just, like, intentional ignorance, like? That you don't want to think about the fact that you're voting that nine out of the ten policies you're voting for you vehemently disagree with and are evil, but yeah. one of them you think is good.
1: That's the problem with the two party system. That's one hundred percent. Well, I think that's enough ranting for me today, Bush. Do you have anything else you'd like to say to our uh, uh,
0: just uh, audience? one one more quick story.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: the Dalai Lama. Oh yeah yeah. Uh, a pedophile. Uh,
1: yeah, more well, like
0: or less. He uh he. Uh, so, apparently a kid wanted to give him a hug, and the Dalai Lama gave him a fat smooch on the lips and asked him to suck his tongue. Uh, that Dang. just happened, like, today, so it's a developing story. But, you know, you know, you know, know, religious leaders being pedophiles, happy Easter, everybody. Yeah. Um, that, that was yesterday.
1: Yeah, he's the 14th iteration of the Dalai Lama to Tibetan people. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his actual name because yeah. I would get that 100% wrong. But he is 87 years old for those who are wondering, because I was also wondering that. But um, next week, to give a little preview, um, we'll be discussing a very important, we're ending with culture war, we'll be discussing a very important culture war issue that was raised in the Reagan era and has been uh, transpiring in American prisons ever since. If anyone uh, is able to decipher what that is from there, uh, you get to know before the rest of the world does next week, regardless this has been episode eleven of TLGR. Two lefties get it right um, with your two hosts. Griffin, you started, so you might as well.
0: Yep, I've been Griffin,
1: and I have been Cameron, like usual, I suppose. But regardless, as always, um, some might yeah, say. As always, some might say for sure. I have been thinking about potentially investing in some merchandise. So please, let, not let down. Let us know down below if you would potentially buy we, some. We've,
0: though. we've, I've, I've done a little bit of designing, and why did I say they're pretty spicy? So they
1: are, they are pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, this has been episode 11 of TLGR. We will see you next week.